Hi, Brandon Monroe here, and you're listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Well, yet another race weekend that did not disappoint. We had great racing on Friday in the trucks, Saturday in the Xfinity Series, and a finish that people will be talking about for a while in the Cup Series on Sunday. I'm Brandon Monroe. Alongside me, as always, is Mark Chavez, and what a great race and a great, a great weekend of racing we had um, at Darlington this past weekend. It was fun. Rain was always kind of an issue or kind of a threat. It didn't really impact anything other than the Xfinity qualifying. So it was good to get all the races in, get them in when they were supposed to start, and get some uh, pretty good finishes out of all of them. Yeah, I think everything was... Uh... Well, depending on who you ask, maybe not an A+, and we'll get into that. But let's start off with uh, Friday. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, the Xfinity Series had their qualifying rained out. Um, we'll get to that in the Xfinity portion here coming up. But the actual truck race, uh, John Hunter Nemechek, throwback weekend, decided it was a good time to throw it back to the beginning of last year. Gets his first win of the season. Pretty dominating performance, although he didn't actually win a stage. He did lead a race high 69 laps and did take home the checkered flag, his first win of the season. But there were a lot of other drivers that made noise during this race. Yeah, there was a lot of people that were out near the front, running near the front, leading laps. Uh, ultimately, John Hunter did lead the most laps still uh, in what was definitely one of his better tracks. But a lot of names that come and went, and a lot of guys got good finishes out of the race. Yeah, I mean, just uh, looking at some of them. Parker Kligerman, let's start with him. Fifth place finish, one stage one. It's crazy on so many levels that he doesn't have full-time ride with how he's running, and it's it's kind of unfortunate that they're operating at the budget they are because if he was able to run all the races this year, he'd be easily in the playoff picture right now. Yeah, right now he's sitting, not that it matters, but he's sitting only 16 points outside or uh, sorry, 17 points outside of the playoffs and having missed two races. I think it's without a doubt, he would have made up 17 points in those two races with the way he's been running uh, elsewise. So it's, uh, it's good to see him run good. I just hope it turns into something full time. If that's what he wants to do, which I assume it is. I know he still does his work with NBC, but I'm sure he would like a, a full time ride. I think a lot of people would really like to see that. Parker, really good guy, pretty popular amongst the fans. His TV work definitely helps that, but he's he's a very good driver, and you've seen that probably over the last year or so. I know, I think it was, might have been one of the RCR rides, I think the one that Sheldon Creed ended up with, but it sounded like he, he almost had one of those rides, either him or Austin Hills, and the sponsorship just kind of fell through there at the end, and, you know, he's making... You know, the best of what he could do right now in the truck series with this part-time schedule. I, I'm with you. I hope at the very least this maybe turns into some sponsorship opportunities so that team can run full-time next year. I'd really like to see that if Parker can't get a bigger ride somewhere else. It'd be really cool to see the 75 truck, which he has won in before at Talladega, uh, have a full-time shot, you know, next season potentially there. Uh, some other guys outside of John Hunter Nemechek, uh, Carson Hosevar. Ran great here last year. Comes home second again. He won stage two. Just a, a really good day from uh, from Hosevar. And I, I think Darlington's proven to be probably one of his best tracks on the schedule. And he's uh, ran pretty well recently as well. Just kind of start had a little bit of a slow start to the season and has 
managed to pick it up here lately. Brought it home second. Looked like for a little bit that he might be able to come away with that win and just couldn't couldn't quite get there. But that's back to back second place finishes for him. I believe that is uh now his last three top fives, which dates back to Charlotte of last year. Uh but three straight second place finishes. So if he gets in the top five lately, it seems to be a, a second place finish. Yeah, I think uh, I think a win is probably coming for him soon. It just kind of get that feeling. He's come close now a couple of times here over the last couple times out for the truck series, and it's nice to see Nice running this good again. They only had that one year where they really did, and they had a lot of support from GMS that year. So it's pretty cool to see that team getting probably close to where they were with Ross Chastain during that championship four year. Maybe not quite there yet. Obviously, you're going to want to see the wins from Hosevar, but I I think they are. You know they're coming. I really do. Yeah, Ross uh, Ross himself was running pretty strong. Led forty six laps before the truck got stuck in second gear on I think that last restart, which actually cost Parker a couple spots as well. Yeah, that's uh, that was unfortunate for Ross because he he definitely looked like he was running pretty good too. So, although I guess with, with how Ross is now, that's that's not a crazy thing to expect out of him, even in the truck series and that equipment. That's, that's kind of what you just expect out of Ross Chastain at this point. Yeah. I mean, you would certainly expect him to go there and run well. Uh, I do think part of it is that this uh, cup car really benefits his driving style. I don't think that he's magically gotten better. I don't even know that necessarily track house is that much better than they were as an organization last year. I definitely think they're better. And I think just with the car, a lot of teams are closer, but, I think something about this car also just in the Cup Series greatly benefits him. So I think it's still a good sign that he can jump into this truck and run well. Shows that beyond Hosevar, the Nice trucks had speed. Because it always felt like there was kind of one Nice truck that would have speed and the rest of them were just there. And at least we know they can at least have two that have speed. Yeah. Uh, but some of the guys that got some good finishes, uh, The Onion. Yes. And what is his, what's, I believe, second start of the year? First top ten in nine and a half years. Now, granted, he didn't run for like eight of the uh, any races at all for like eight of those nine and a half years, but still pretty impressive. Second race back, had some speed all day. Had a couple of things go his way at the end. Managed to run up there and uh, finished finishing. Uh, I believe it was ninth. Yep. Yeah, ended up ninth after, after crafting Yes, yes. <laughs> well, we'll touch on that in a second. But you know, Todd, he, he spun out earlier in the race, was able to keep it off the wall, keep it in one piece, and he drove his way back up through the field. I I know he was saying in his interview that you know he wanted you know get at least contend for top tens, get a top ten. You know, he still got a couple races left. He already got one. A win might be expecting too much, but it's pretty crazy. I never would have thought Todd Bodine could just jump into a car at. What is he now? Age like fifty-seven, somewhere up there. He is uh, right now. Looks like yeah, he's gonna be right around there. Fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. Just turned fifty-eight in February. Actually, I I never would have thought at fifty-eight years old, that many years removed from being in the car, Todd Bodine could jump into it and, and get a top ten at Darlington of all places in the truck series. You know, one race he's running that is another opportunity to run pretty good. He is running the Sonoma race. Mm-hmm. With the years he ran in the Cup Series, does have some experience there. Something a lot of the truck guys don't have. I think and, you uh, might be asking too much, but I I'm have not... Texas circled for for him too because he was good at Texas. I, I I certainly think he could contend for top tens of those as well. Maybe I don't know. Maybe now he might be able to sneak out a top five. That'd be that'd be nuts. <laughs> I mean, other... I... Go go ahead. 
I was gonna say, I just it'd be cool if he did it. I'd, I'd be cool. Yeah, with I mean, it. just getting a top ten was was cool enough. It wasn't yeah. something that I think people necessarily expected, mm-hmm. but just to be able to see him to go up there and run well was a good feeling. Good mm-hmm. feeling. Outran his teammate Stuart Friesen for basically the whole race too. Yeah, so Friesen just not not his day. I don't think I noticed him once out there on the racetrack. Wound up rebounding, finished eleventh, so still got a solid finish out of it because he was not. Running near there, most of it. Uh, a couple other guys to note: Matt De Benedetto, first top ten since Las Vegas, desperately needed it. Still well outside the playoff picture, but still managed to go and get a solid finish here. Uh, Colby Howard uh, with Bill McAnally tied his career best finish of twelfth, which he just got at Bristol Dirt. But ran strong all day, had good speed, finished up there. Jesse Little. Now has three top 15s in his uh, four starts this year. And Timmy Hill rounding out the top 15, his first top 15 since Daytona. Yeah. Um, some other guys I'd like to probably just touch on real quick. Uh, Ty Majeski seems like maybe he's beginning to finally come into his own. You know, he's had a rough start to his career across the board, just not catching any breaks. But he seemed to finally catch on. He's seeming to catch on here with Thor Sport. Top five run. Uh, Parker Kligerman, well, we already mentioned Parker. Ryan Priest, though, finishing right behind Parker Kligerman. Uh, another solid run in the 17. I kind of wish things broke differently for him, and that's another one who I would love to see full-time in that truck. Unfortunately, that's not the case, but he's making the best out of the starts he's getting. Like I said, another top 10 finish. Uh, Zane Smith finishing seventh. Pretty quiet day for him, actually. You know, compared to how we've seen him run throughout parts of the year. And last one yeah. here for me is Tyler Ankrum. That's somebody else who really needed a good run if he wanted to even stay remotely close to the playoff picture. Yeah, a pretty poor day overall. Wound up having issues late in the race, but probably the worst race we've seen Ben Rhodes run, <laughs> which uh, was pretty funny since you actually picked him to to win the race momentum was not uh on his side that's no. for sure we did wind up mentioning though the top three finishers i picked Nemechek. uh wound up he obviously got the win but then our uh odds guys that we liked you had host of who finished second i had Enfinger who finished third so yeah. definitely guys that you th- we thought would run well ran well uh, you also picked host over to benedetto which worked out although mm-hmm. benedetto did run strong i picked a uh, freezing over crafton which was clearly too too bold. Oh, <laughs> I mean, poor Matt Crafton. Uh, that's but, a that's a rough well, one. What happened to him with the DQ? Like, yeah, that's... wow, wound up working out, I guess. But yeah. it feels, it does feel kind of dirty. It 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 might be just a little bit. I know he's uh out of the playoffs right now, so that's a uh, yeah. Looking at the, it's a big the problem for him. Picture Tanner Gray's had a rough couple weeks. Was running top fifteen and got into a accident uh that he it wasn't his fault it's kind of too many cars in the same spot they were racing very racing very aggressively in the truck series which is pretty standard these days but we saw i think four wide at uh, a couple yes. points they were they were out there uh, muscling it around there they were, they were having uh, fun <laughs> but tanner gray's had a rough couple weeks to slip to the playoff line Right now, we have only four guys that are within a cut line, a race of the cut line that are currently out. Uh, Tyler Ankrum, 21 out, but has been having a little bit more speed, getting closer. Crafton with that DQ fell all the way to 24 points out. And then Derek Krause currently sitting 29 points out, who hasn't been running great, but has been doing solid enough to kind of stay in the picture. 
Uh, and then the last guy that's within a race, uh, although quite a bit away out, is Matt DiBenedetto, 51 back from uh, Tanner Gray. I, I got to say, what I, what I like about the truck series is just having 10 there, and they have a bit of a deeper field than, say, the Xfinity yeah, you, series. It's it's exciting. Like yeah, there's, even, there's a lot there. Even on the other end, there are four guys that are still only less than a race removed from being out. Uh, it's all d- a decent g- uh, gap. Enfinger has 35 up on Ankrum, Mech is 52, Majeski 54, and Postovar 56. But it's in a situation where one bad race just puts you back right on that cut line. Uh, good rebound, by the way, from a rough start of the season for Enfinger, now already 35 points ahead of Ankrum. Yeah, he he was a guy that I, I thought could turn it around, but he, he still has to keep going in the right direction unless you get a win like John Hunter Nemechek. You know, that's the only way to really remove yourself from being in the thick of things right now. Um, and John Hunter, with that win, he, he does move up to second in points, only 30 behind Ben Rhodes after his rough day. So still, you know, what, eight races left in the regular season for the Truck Series, I believe? Sounds right. It's it's close to that. I think but it's eight. Yeah, John Hunter. You know, he's got he's got time to get up there and uh, you know defend that uh, regular season title that he had last year. Thirty points, like it could go just like that. So. I mean, I'm pretty sure over the last few races he's well outpointed uh, Ben Rhodes with some strong finishes. Yeah, so I'd be I'd be looking out for John Hunter in the weeks to come, and we'll we'll see if he can get back to the top spot in the points. So speaking of John Hunter still, he uh he did run double duty this week as we transition to the Xfinity series now. Uh John Hunter finished fourth, but you know who was in front of him? A bunch of junior motorsports cars, and that's really well, becoming only, the theme of the season. Only two. Uh, <laughs> I guess a couple. A couple would be the correct word there. But yes. Yeah, I mean, JRM, I've been saying it all year. They have speed. They have a lot of speed. They're the only team I feel like that consistently showed speed every single week with every single car. Uh, even Sam Mayer, who struggled a bit early on, just trying to get used to this track, rebound and finished fifth. Uh, they would have had, if not for a penalty from Josh Berry on the restart, would have likely had four cars in the top six. At the bare minimum, four in the top ten again. Uh, had three in the top five for a good portion of the race while Sam Mayer was trying to get his feet underneath him and was in second coming to not the last restart, but the restart before that, before he uh, got called for jumping the restart. And so that did uh, obviously regulated him. Still managed to rebound, finish uh, 18th, but another solid week. And now the third different JRM driver winning in the last three weeks with Justin Allgaier taking home the win. Yeah, much much needed win for for Allgaier with a lot of the stuff that's been going on with him this season, and even dating back to last year. This is his first win since he won this race a year ago, but it just seemed like he was in one of those ruts where everything that could go wrong did. You know, from running out of gas to Tal- at Talladega to just you know having issues on pit road that probably cost him the win, or at least a, a little bit of a better chance. Yeah, of win I think people over. he he already wasn't leading, so it's not like it he, cost him. Yeah, it didn't cost him, but you know he, he could have had a better chance. He also only yeah. dropped like two spots. Yeah, two it was really spots. just the time he, and people the time remember left in the race. That, well, people remember too that the, it was a bad pit stop, but they just had yeah. such a lead that it only dropped him two or three spots. I don't remember right. which, but mm-hmm. no, just I mean he still rebounded, finished second, and that was what made me feel like they. 
they were going to be fine to rebound from that, finish second. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially with the car that, I mean, he got passed for the lead. It'd be one thing if he was. Right. Maybe one thing if the pit crew just cost him. The pit crew just cost him, but I think it's easier to swallow too when sure you would have liked to have a chance, but Josh Berry did just go up and pass them. So now after going through a stretch there where he had five finishes of 14th or worse, now has a second in and a first. Actually also tied the record for most consecutive years with a win for in the Xfinity series for non cup drivers (laughs) tying himself with, Jack Ingram and Randy LaJoy. That's a that's a pretty cool stat. I also saw not I think yours is more impressive, but did you know Justin Allgaier is now third all time in terms of wins in a Chevy in the Xfinity series? Yeah, everything I every time I saw someone post that, all the comments were just talking about <laughs> Matt Kenseth winning races in a Chevy. I did see that. Yeah, people people don't realize that. I think part of the reason too is that second year in the Xfinity series, he was running the DeWalt car. So it's really easy to just think like it's a Roush car because that's what he came into the Cup series with. But no, he spent a lot of the time at the beginning of his career in Chevys. Even when he was in the Cup series at Roush for the first couple of years, they still ran Chevys when he ran the Bush series. So just something you definitely don't see. And I could see why a lot of people would forget that. That's probably about as surprising as. I don't know. I guess if you told somebody that Jeff Gordon drove for Ford in the Xfinity series, I don't way know. Back, I just feel like that's so yeah. well documented. Maybe. Like, I think Maybe. the DeWalt has something to do with it, too. I, 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 mean, I think that, the DeWalt definitely I does. I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, but, but yeah, no. So Justin Allgaier, third, though, in terms of Chevy wins in the Xfinity series. So that's a pretty cool stat. You know, Allgaier, it's a 17th career win. 16 of them have come driving in Chevys between. Turner and Junior Motorsports, obviously, but really good time for him to get back into victory lane. He's also two for two at Darlington now with Dale Earnhardt Sr. throwbacks. So maybe they should keep rolling those out. He has a lot more than six wins with the Chevy. I say six. Well, I, say, I, I meant 16. I don't know okay. if it came off at six. You know, I'm trying to talk a mile a minute, I guess. But yes, 16, not six, if I did say six. So, yeah, that's, that's really good for all guy. Yeah, no, I mean, he needed the finish. Um, hopefully can get another one this year. Uh, I've been on a downward trend la- the last couple of years. Three years, won three ra- Two years ago, won three races. Last year, still won two. This year only has the one. But it's still early, although by this point last year, in terms of the number of races, he did already have two wins. But in 2020, it took him until the very end of the se- near the very end of the season to get a win. I mean, in 19, it took him until almost the last race of the season to break through and get that win. So they have a lot of speed. I, I think this is the best JRM's probably ever been as an organization, top to bottom from the quality of the drivers to the quality of the rides. I, they just are a threat every week. And it's not just one driver being a threat usually either. It's, it's I'd say it's three and Sam Mayer's pretty close to being a consistent. Sam Mayer's just missing, missing that little yep. bit to become a threat to win the race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is the third straight race they've had where they won both stages in the race. So this is just this is some type of dominance right now from these guys. Uh, if we didn't mention Noah Gregson, he did come home second, gave Justin Allgaier a real run for his money there at the end of the race. He also won both stages, so he does bank two playoff points. Definitely going to help him comes the fall when the playoffs do has, start. Has enough playoff point or have enough stage wins that he's almost caught Ty Gibbs in playoff points despite having one less win. Yeah, that's that's big because he has you know, five stage wins to ties two. 
depending on how things break comes the fall, you get into that round of eight. Like, I think we'd expect Noah Gregson and Ty Gibbs to win a race, but you, you ain't going to know for sure until then. So you want to get as many playoff points right now as you can. Yeah, uh, Riley Herbst in third. Yeah, That's Riley Herbst. Impressive as well. <laughs> another strong finish. That's his fourth podium finish of his career, but only his second over the last two years. Started off early in his career getting two, and then got one last year, and now this year has one, but has just been pretty consistent the last few weeks. Just consistently up there, keeping the car clean, getting a decent finish out of it. I still think they're probably the bare minimum you would expect out of this ride. But over the last one, two, three, seven races, he has six top tens. He's uh, really with, turned uh, it around. 26 in at uh, Coda in between there. So currently on a streak of five straight top tens, including two top fives. Uh, I believe I noted last week that last year his longest stretch was something like two or three. <laughs> and uh, five is probably up there with the longest of his career, if it already isn't the longest of his career. I mean, when I'm looking at Herbs too, that's somebody pretty much over the course of his career. He's been like the bubble guy when it comes to the playoffs at the moment, because things could change. They have a lot of racing left, but he, he does feel pretty safe. He's about a little over 50 points, it looks like, ahead of the cut line right now. So that's a pretty big cushion for Riley Herbst. I know one person that might potentially make that shrink is Sheldon Creed, but he's going to have to win a race yeah, I don't, now, definitely. I, don't think, I mean, we'll have to think Sheldon Creed can't yeah. make that that point right. mount yeah. shrink because he's not even the first, the second, or I think the third guy. He might be what, the third guy. What I, I meant by remember. that is him winning a race and moving that cut I mean, line up, which would To me, you start to really consider about winning a race. You have to contend, I think. Obviously, he could left fair. in and, and win. But he has led 27 laps all year and doesn't even have a top five yet. And they've had issues. And but the problem the is, the problem it's, it's is though, issues. when they, yeah, but the problem is when they don't have issues, they're finishing seventh. They're finishing eighth. It's not like they're running third and have these issues all the time. I, I think they've been having these issues where you don't really know for sure. I mean, they're not in the category of junior motorsports for Ty Gibbs, but you get yourself fifth with how these races. I mean, yeah, you need some things to break your way, probably. But, I'm not expecting them to go out there and dominate a race, but I think that car is good enough where with how racing is. When you look at the college cars and how they're performing, you look at how Austin Hill's performing, they're all right around each other. For the most part, and it's not contending. And things could break their way, sure. I mean, it's absolutely possible, but I don't think it's some. I'm not. I'm as concerned at this point with Sheldon Creed winning as I would be with almost honestly, like the our motorsports cars, mostly because they at least get to the finish more than Sheldon Creed do. Two of them that. <laughs> are ahead of them in points right now. I would. I would and be shocked if an our motorsports car won. I mean, at this point, when you have zero top fives, like 27 laps, and I, I just always just find an issue. And that's the thing. I, I think if he doesn't have issues, he probably does have a couple of top fives right now. They, they, they got to figure things out, but they're, they're in must-win territory now. I think we can at least agree on that. Is that he's oh, going to have to absolutely. win they They're going to have to win. They're already over a race out of, of the cut line. So I think it's pretty, pretty, well, doc pretty well determined, that unless... That's the thing. In order, usually, right, with someone like Denny, uh, 
and before they had all of the issues, they still were having some speed to where you go, okay, well, maybe if things go perfectly from here out, he could race his way, and obviously he ended up winning. But even if things went perfectly for Sheldon Creed in terms of how they've been rant or they've run, I don't know if it would be enough to close that points gap. I I, I think even if they turned around and started consistently running well, I, I'm I think part of the issue one is that the two cut cars are calling cars, and I think there is some correlation there between their overall speed. So if he starts running better to where he's going to make up what is over a 60-point deficit on Daniel Hemrick, I think Hemrick's probably going to have more speed, too. I don't... That's that's why I think he's going to have to win. No, that's exactly my point. Even even if he turns it around and runs good, I think he's too far out. And the cars that that he's racing against, basically, to get into the points are also likely going to turn around and cut good. But they've had issues, but I mean, they their best race was probably... It, was, it probably would have been this one if they didn't have an engine issue basically right off the bat. Dover was probably their best race. And I mean, they were just still in another... A couple zip codes behind the JRM cars and... Ty Gibbs, so I mean yeah. that's going to be their biggest issue. I feel like is for anyone you need Ty, you need JRM as a whole to be off, and then something happened to Ty Gibbs. Yeah, that's and it's one thing when you're like you have to all he's in a position where he's and this might be what benefits him is they can go for broke if there's any time a situation where yeah they if they they can go for the win but it also might cost them twenty points they might as well do it <laughs> because I don't know that. They can. They the one thing, and that's what's weird with the Xfinity series is they still have the most races to go to the playoffs because uh, they already have run one less race than the Cup series, and they're gonna have another off weekend here, so two less races. But their playoffs start three races later, and they have three less three races less on the schedule, so it winds up evening out in terms of. Uh, the difference between the Cup and the Xfinity Series. So the Xfinity Series right now already has one more race to go to get to the playoffs, and after next week we'll have two to go. We get through a whole round of the Cup Series playoffs before we even start the Xfinity Series playoffs. Trucks, like I just, I hate this. I hate the way this is set up. You have on one side the trucks where it's like they're already running out of time. <laughs> and the other side, the Xfinity Series has... T- it feels like it's not quite 20 it's like 17 i think races to go before they get there so but i just don't think there's either way that i agree creed is gonna need to win and they just haven't had that speed yeah and and back to the college guys too they all did get top 10s although they had a lot of help it was a terrible day but i think at the end of the day they'll be okay with it it was daniel hamburg is running like 30th at one point Landon Castle was running like 18th. AJ was in the top 10 because it's what AJ does, but they severely lacked speed through basically the whole race and got bailed out at the end by a series of cautions. Mm-hmm. And then some other people in the top 10, Brandon Jones continuing to kind of be that guy right behind the main crew when it comes to legitimate you know championship contenders gets another solid top 10 finish comes home seventh and sheldon creed's teammate austin hill comes home ninth and there would have been a couple other guys probably in the top 10 if it wasn't for uh 
a rat come and do the checkered flag. That was Jeremy Clements and Ryan Truex. A great run for Jeremy Clements today or um, on well, Saturday, but in, until the end, obviously. It was it was a strategy call, but they still. Uh... He was holding his own up there. He was going to be able to hang on to a top 10 for sure. Mm -hmm. He was going to definitely be able to hang on to a top 10 before uh, that issue, which has not been a good season for Jeremy Clemens. I almost feel like Jeremy Clemens just cashed in all of his chips when he won that Road America race, because I feel like he hasn't had a ton of luck since then. You're not you're not wrong, for sure. You're not wrong. Uh, because he was, he was definitely running okay, but he, he got up there with the pick call, managed to stay up there, and still, uh, just got caught up in that accident. Although, I will say, la- that's the thing, last year, this was a playoff car. Mm-hmm. He, he was a playoff car, he made the playoffs, finished 12th, but still made them, didn't get NVO win or anything, and has finished in the top 15 in points every year since 2014, and is currently sitting 20th in points, and... I think with no shot to get to the top 15, but I think part of that also is just there are more competitive cars too. <laughs> I, I think that that has something to do with it. One of the cars in front of him, Jordan Anderson's team, that wasn't running. Well, I, I think it missed the first couple races, but yeah, that didn't running. help him last year. Yeah, yeah, and they weren't running. They tried to run full time, but they couldn't. And Alex LeBay is actually ahead of him in points despite missing a race. I think he just, I don't know what race it was, but I'm pretty sure he just wasn't, the car entered there. Yeah, he's not, he's not full-time. I think they only have funding, or at least earlier in the season, for like 18 races. I don't know if they're using them all now, but, but then you that have was the report there. The three R Motorsports cars as well, and last year I don't think, I doubt Moffat finished ahead of him in points just because of how late it was before he switched, yeah. Moffat only got up to 21st in points last year. Mm-hmm. So, deeper field definitely keeping Jeremy Clements a little bit further behind in the points. But, but was was up near the front had you know the the matching car with Allgaier, and uh, still got some TV time. And before getting caught up with Ryan Truex, who also would have had a top ten, uh, was had to do a good finish. But I do like we talked about John Hunter a little bit, but. It, he has been running pretty good in the Xfinity Series, which isn't shocking to anybody, but he that's in the Sam Hunt car, and the other guys get into it. Chan, uh, Chandler Smith was in it, and I can't remember who else ran in it. Uh, uh, Derek Griffith ran it. That might be it, but it's those, those type run, of drivers. They run okay, but I mean, uh, John Hunter has every single one of that team's career's top fives. He's only run three races from this year and has two top fives in the car. And just Runs, I mean, he should be at least in the Xfinity series. It's just it's hopefully something opens up, hopefully, he gets a chance because he is. I think there's a chance it could be in that 26 car. And this is just me throwing stuff at the wall here. I don't know, but would it would it shock you if maybe they're getting better equipment when John Hunter is running that car? I don't think they are they based on they everything are. that they've said and what's been reported. I don't think they are. I've heard some people say they might, but I, I haven't looked into it. You know, anybody could say anything. I it's think, possible uh, they get a couple more notes when John Hunter's in the car. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't think the car itself is, yeah, is just, any better. Just looking at, I mean, Chandler Smith's run a couple races. Jeffrey Earnhardt's run a few. Derek Griffith, uh, looks like Parker Chase also ran one. Ryan Truex also ran Last one. Last year, but- it's possible 
But I, I don't. This team feels more serious than it was last year, too, though. Yeah, I mean, if and that really says something, though. If John Hunter is is the, the only difference, and he's elevating the car to what it's well, been he did, doing. He did run a couple races for them last year. Still got a top five for him last year. Which I'm saying, last year it's possible that that it was set up this way, but this year just with the guys, because other than Derek Griffith, right? Like Chandler Smith is still within deeply within the Toyota camp, and so is Ryan Truex. It's possible that like. Jeffrey Earnhardt, Parker Chase, they weren't getting as good of stuff. That's entirely possible. I don't know. But at least compared to his contemporaries, at least in terms of running for Joe Gibbs in some capacity, uh, he's still running better than them. Yeah. I mean, I I think maybe then, maybe, maybe the 26 cars where he... he I certainly think that's possible. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it's probably going to come down to what happens at Joe Gibbs in terms of their cup rides, because obviously if Ty Gibbs gets moved up, well then John Hunter could just yes. have the 54 or whatever they decide to renumber it. Speaking of Ty Gibbs, just kind of uh, struggled in the latter part of the race this weekend. Kind of was behind. Was, was This was even before the last couple runs was probably the worst run he'd had all year. Just kind of was not there for a good chunk of it. Uh, would come up and compete and then would slide back. But then on that last uh, stage, that last run in particular, just I don't know that what happened to that car, but he just struggled, fell back, finished sixteenth. Uh, One of his worst finishes of the year, to be honest. Uh, was rounding out some other finishes to highlight. Uh, we talked about Mayer, but has now finished uh, in the top five in five of the last six races, and actually has the third most top fives in the series. Uh, which is a pretty big turnaround from where he was at just a month and a half ago. Uh, Ryan Sieg took it took uh, Jeremy Clements and Ryan Truex wrecking each other, but Ryan Sieg gains a couple spots on that last lap, finishes eleventh, continues his uh, run of eleventh and eleventh or better in every race in which he got to finish. So and the eleventh race this year, which actually equals last year's top eleven total. He had a total of ten then as well, and now already has ten. Uh, we spoke a little bit about our motorsports and solid day. All three of their cars in the top 15. Unfortunately, it was 13th, 14th, and 15th. Uh, but still solid. Brought it home. I mean, that's, I think, where we expect them to finish normally anyway. I uh, do want to shout out as well Kyle Weatherman in the Jesse Awuji Motorsports car gets 12th, which is the first best finish that Jesse Awuji Motorsports has ever had. Not that they're, they've existed for that long. Uh, but. Jesse Woodge made the smart business decision, stepped out of the car, put Kyle Weatherman in, and he's put it together some good runs. And then a couple guys we mentioned as well that could put together top 20 runs, uh, Alex LeBlay and Tommy Joe Martins, both bringing home a uh, top 20. And then the last one I have is uh, Stephen Parsons, which is actually his best finish since the Spring Martinsville race last year, bringing it home in 20th. So some interesting people in the top 20. I gotta say with Weatherman, like I always said it before, Jesse Wuji, probably a really nice guy off the track, but I hope he keeps giving up the that car to other drivers. I mean, just it's night and day. Weatherman clearly and I don't think that's top tier equipment either. Like Oh no, no, Weatherman, they, they have a little bit of money, but it's not top tier. Weatherman can clearly wheel the car, so uh we just, talked a little oh, go ahead. I was going to say, just looking at the average finishes, uh, Jesse Uji right now in his four races that he's done, 31, 
31st. I, I honestly thought it was worse than 31st, but his average finish is 31st. Kyle Weatherman's is 20.8. So, indeed, a night and day difference between the two. I think Weatherman got caught up in something in one of those two, but I can't remember for sure. He, he might have. He probably did. You know, the Xfinity series isn't the the cleanest series out there, obviously. So, it's it's a yeah, very real possibility. Dover, but Dover's a tough track. Mm hmm. Uh, also finished uh, 28th at Richmond, which is still, I mean, three spots better than what Jesse Luigi's average finish was. So, yeah, so smart business decision. I know it's not the easiest thing to do, but we've seen it similar. Tommy Joe Martins gave up a lot of that seat time. Still got in, ran top 20, but I mean, I think it's helped the overall performance of his team as well. I, that team is definitely a lot better. It doesn't matter really who's in the 44 or the 45. Like I really feel they, like they get a good chance to get a good finish every yeah, day. They've definitely every week. better. Mm -hmm. uh, looking at the cut line real quick, we mentioned it, but the Xfinity playoffs already not all that exciting. Uh, the only driver on the outside that is within a race of Daniel Hammock on the cut line is Anthony Alfredo, 22 points back. That's it. There's no one else that's on the outside looking in. Uh, in terms of being within a race of being out, obviously Hemrick 22 points up on Alfredo. Castle's up 35, but then it's a pretty big jump. Ryan Sieg up 53, Riley Herbst up 54. Everyone up's a race already. It's really looking like we're going to need someone to have some catastrophe going forward or get someone to win a race. Someone wins a race, then this cut line gets really interesting. Someone outside this uh, top 12 wins race. Well, they do have Daytona and they have Atlanta, so that's that's two chances, anyways, where something like that could happen. It would. I mean, and with Atlanta and Daytona, particularly, like, I think that's the one where Sheldon Creed's best bet is just because. I mean, they already the teams already won uh, plate mm -hmm. race and we're really close, yeah. really close to winning a second one. And yeah. I'm pretty sure one of them was up near the front, near the end of Atlanta too, but. I think Austin Hill was. Yeah, I think Austin Hill got up there at the end. I mean, Austin Hill was like leading on, or maybe second row on one of those late race restarts. He dominated Talladega, but yeah. like he was up there and he got in that wreck with Sam Mayer there at the very end too, which really ruined his chances of getting another restrictor plate win. Uh, looking at our picks, did not necessarily do as well as uh, in the truck series. Uh, my pick to win the race didn't even get to race as Chase Elliott. Uh, which he had some speed. He had he had, he had some speed, but it's uh, all your fault. Uh, rain came <laughs> and they were unable to qualify, and were one of two cars that went home. That was unfortunate. I hope they give him a ride somewhere else now, but we'll see. Uh, you had Josh Berry, which looked pretty good late in the race before his before he jumped the restart. Uh, our value picks. I had Sam Mayer, who brought home a top five, and I'm going to continue to pick Sam Mayer probably. You had Sheldon Creed, which lasted all of about 17 laps. Yeah, that, uh, that was rough. <laughs> well, we'll leave it at that. Uh, that was not something I want to remember. Yeah. In terms of our head-to-heads that we highlighted, uh, you liked uh, Brandon Jones over Landon Castle, which I'll give you credit, was right for 99% of the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wound up not being right at the very end of the race. That's when it matters, unfortunately. That is when it matters. Uh, I had Gregson over Gibbs, which was pretty. I mean, Gregson led both or won both stages, and Gibbs had a bad finish, but didn't wasn't terrible, but just uh, certainly wasn't in the same 
category really as Noah Gregson. So at least you got both the head to heads right in the lower series. Yeah, rough rough Xfinity series week it sounds like there, but you know, can't can't win them all. That's why we uh we play the games we do and we have fun doing it. So now moving on to the Cup Series, uh, they are going to be talking about this one for a long time. But let's let's set it up a little bit first. Joey Logano started on the pole, led the most laps, 107 laps led. He won Stage One. Ross Chastain, who finished second in Stage One, won Stage Two. But at the end or at the beginning of Stage Three, that's that's really when everything started to fall into place, and that started with Ross Chastain spinning out and hitting the inside wall. One of the dominant cars of the race day, uh, just gone, just like that, and that that really changed probably how the rest of that stage was going to unfold. Yeah, I mean, we had a couple of guys that were a lot of guys really that were near the front at one time or another that had issues. Kyle Larson. Jumped out to the lead early, led 30 laps, uh, got passed later, and spun trying to uh, race Kyle Busch for second. Rebounded, got back up into the top 10, and then his motor blew. So I think that the uh, Hendrick cars have only had two engine failures, like like straight up engine failures, uh, this year. And I think Kyle Larson had both of them. He he did. I will say, you know what they say when you spin the car around. Sometimes, sometimes it's he, spin, he around, said so. that they said that it, they didn't think that that that's what caused it. Oh, all right then, Just that, that, that was that was he he said that pretty like right when they were interviewing him after he was actually out of the race. So he did mention that, and his engineers didn't think that was what happened because he wasn't going backwards for very long. So, <laughs> I sometimes, uh, speaking some, of the other Kyle Kyle Busch, yes. oh boy, led, yes. led nineteen laps. Uh, was up near the front the whole race. Uh, Brad loses a tire right in front of him, which Brad just seemed to be involved in a caution every race this year. Sometimes it's fault, sometimes not. But, but Brad loses a tire, hits the wall, bounces up, and hits Kyle just enough that it's day's done. And then, uh, of course, Kyle uh, being just the showman that he is after his penalty at this racetrack last year in the Southern 500 for driving... Uh, a little bit dangerously through the pits and into the garage, decided to park his car at the entrance of the garage area I mean, and walk that's away. What's, that's what's alleged. <laughs> I, he, I think he could have made the turn. <laughs> he said the car didn't turn. And that's, I all, made the turn. that's all he provided with us. If, uh, if, I think Kyle might have known what he's doing. I find it hilarious. I find it great. I love it. You know, Even if he couldn't make the turn, just the way everything unfolded there. It, it, they're in the ent- entertainment business, so I mean that's uh, <laughs> it was plenty entertaining. I got to give them that. Uh, you, as you already mentioned, Ross led twenty six laps, just straight up lost it basically, mm-hmm. and uh, ended his day. Continues his feaster famine that has been his time this year. I think, uh, I think he, he had a little bit of food though because he did win a stage. It wasn't a complete. He did, you know, he did, but day. I mean, in terms of his finish, he either finishes yeah. in the top five or finishes outside like the top 19 <laughs> so continued that stretch still a lot of speed knew he'd run good here and he did just gotta clean up some of their their bad days a little bit 
I know. Danny uh, Hamlin speaking of bad days, because see, he had another one similar to Dover. It looked like it was going to be good, and then uh, at the end of this, you know, I think they they probably let him stay out a little bit too long during the green flag cycle. That was well after the Ross Chastain incident. Uh, hit the wall, lost some time on pit road, and then there's the caution for Alex Bowman, and that's where Denny Hamlin's day really went up in smoke after a bad pit stop because on the restart, just racing, hard racing, I guess you would say. Well, Martin Truex Jr. pretty much caused the big one coming out of turn two. I mean, yeah, I mean, Truex was another one, led 28 laps and caught up in, I mean, he was the accident, but they... Went three wide, coming through two. Truex got lost and collected, or got uh, loose, and just collected a lot of good cars, uh, ending the days of, of himself. Eric Jones, who had ran the top ten basically all day. Cole Custer, who had ran up into the top ten. Kurt Busch, who had a tire issue early in the race where they just straight up didn't put the lug on the tire. He went to leave, it fell off. Uh, doesn't sound like there'll be a penalty from that since they didn't lose it on the track, but rebounded was running up near the top 10 of Bubba Wallace, who also ran in the top 10 basically all day. And all of them collected in that accident and their day was done at that point. And it also effectively ended uh, the days of Denny Hamlin and uh, Chase Briscoe, Austin Sindrick, I think also uh, got damaged in that. They managed to finish the race. They just were uh, either, in Denny's case, one lap down, and in the case of a couple other guys, just at the tail end of the lead lap. So I mean, for for Denny, that's uh, that's two races in a row. It looked like he potentially had a race winning car. Maybe not the race winning car, but he definitely had one that could contend. And things I mean, I'm sure he'd ride. rather rather have that than what we saw during uh, the earlier part of the season, where they were just out to lunch the whole day. So. That's true. That's they're, true. They're getting some speed there. The speed is in the eleven car now. We were worried about that for a while, but it's the it's three, really there. I will say the three races in which he led the most laps were Darlington, Dover, and Vegas, and uh, all three of those just horrendous issues. Uh, races the whole time in Martinsville. Car doesn't break, but just finishes twenty eighth because they were so off. But every time they've had a good car, they just. Other than Richmond, they just can't seem to find a way to actually finish it. But, I mean, yeah. they have the Richmond win. This would hurt a whole lot more without it. Yeah, so, right. the Richmond win, like, I've said it a lot, but it allows them, just like last week, it allows them to sit there, take the good out of this, that it was a good win. I'm sure it'd be great to get the finish, but whereas a month ago, you started to wonder, after the Martinsville race in particular, like, are they ever going to find the speed? And... Now, just a month later, they've had two really good cars that they can now, because of the win, don't have to worry too much about the fact that they lost points and just more worry about how to win those races and how to close them out. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of closing out races, now that we got the, the big wreck out of the way that set up the run to the finish, we have the restart after that. Joey Logano and... William Byron uh, racing really hard out of turn two. Joey says he got really forced up into the wall. There, there, there was definitely some contact. I don't know if Joey got the wall, but that was enough to get Joey Logano a little hot under the collar, I guess you could say. He runs back down William Byron, gets to him with two laps to go, and Joey Logano, in probably one of the most Joey Logano ways, just moves William Byron out of the way. I... 
don't necessarily have a problem with the move. I'd say maybe when the move was done, it was two to go. It wasn't the last lap. Joey never really tried to pass him. He he just went straight for the bumper. And which, you know, at the end of the day, he won the race. He did what he needed to do, and he's the one in victory lane. Which move is worse, this or Kansas with Kansas? So I think the Kansas one to me is worse because that's at a point in time when the playoff points, they don't carry over. Everybody resets the round at zero. Joey was already locked in. He had nothing to gain from that. Unless you want to make the argument, Matt Kenseth at the time, that in I mean, 2015, was one of the hottest drivers in the sport. So, I think he already had... I mean, Joey, Joey had a win to gain. I get what you're saying. Well, yeah, right, still, but like, in, in the grand scheme of things, I, I think Joey Logano, <laughs> I, knowing well, what happened after, would not have made that move. <laughs> sure, sure, but Joey does not give two craps about the playoff points themselves. Like, yeah, he wants them. They're nice. Joey Logano is here to win the race. He is, but I, I think the Kenseth one, just circum, circumstances. All I'm saying say is the that circumstances that you're using to judge it are not the circumstances that exist in Joey Logano's mind. Oh, Joey Logano's mind. I don't think Joey Logano would say which one's better or which one worse. Joey Logano would say he won the race, but just saying if the move itself was worse, probably the Kenseth one. Kenseth, like, you know, when you're moving somebody out of the way at Darlington, that's not a track. That's a that's a rough and tough racetrack. That's one where you use the fenders, you use the bumpers. It's it's closer to a short track than, you know, a mile and a half, even though it's, what, one in the third? It's Somewhere it's closer to the size. It's closer to the size of Kansas. We always talk about like we go, oh, there's tracks when you get back at you know somebody or you don't do it. Like Darlington, I think would be one that would constitute like you could get back at somebody there. You could hit them and move them out of the way. A lot of people would say you don't do that at a track like Kansas. So just even the track, you know, the the Kansas one to me just feels like it was worse. It it just that's does. Yeah, you know, that's that's how I feel about it. It's probably not a track you'd expect someone to get bumped out of the way. You know, and honestly, the circumstances, too, they were kind of similar. Joey felt William Byron moved him up into the walk beforehand. And, you know, if you if you listen to Joey after the Kansas race, you know, the way Kenseth was blocking and he, he ran him up into pretty much the fence, too. It's it's pretty similar. But I don't think Joey Logano is going to have to worry about William Byron running around and junking him <laughs> in a couple of weeks. I mean, Joey or Byron basically said that he would. So we'll see. I'll, I'll believe I mean, it when I see it. Martin Shrix Jr. said that he wasn't going to win the war. And after Martinsville in 2018, right. Joey Logano was going to win the war. <laughs> they a much bigger war than the championship. So. I still can't. Yell. I mean, that's the thing at the <sighs> end of the day, right? Like I've said, this, I've maintained this for a while now. Joey's going to keep doing this until someone stops him. And as long as no one stops him, I'm not going to fault him for doing. It. Seen a lot of discussion of if the moves were was dirty or not, and it it doesn't matter what it was. Period. Joey Logano has a history. You know, this is the kind of stuff Joey Logano does. Joey Logano is the only driver in the garage that ever said that they would wreck their mother for a win, and I actually believed him. I well, believed him the whole. Like, Tony, I don't know that I Tony would so. actually do it though. Oh, I, I think Tony would. I don't know. Like, well, he's, not, Joey, he's not driving anymore. So <laughs> The level at which Joey goes is definitely further and more consistently aggressive than basically anyone else has ever gone. Like, there are a lot of allusions to other drivers. And I, I mean, Joey's definitely aggressive. And I think people underplay how unaggressive some drivers used to be. Sometimes I think they overplay it too. But it's not like this is a new thing. It's just like somehow Joey seems to find himself in this every time like i don't know that joey 
has <laughs> has Joey ever finished second in a race that he had a chance to win going into the last lap? Like I I I genuinely do not know. I think there was like one plate race where he pushed Brad to the win. That's different. He's <laughs> probably locked. Although in these I these just, days, I wouldn't be surprised if he just dumped him. Like I Joey, feel like I, I'd have to go back and watch it, but in the back of my head, I feel like he might have spun Kurt Busch coming to the line. Well, see, there you go. Like yeah, he was. <laughs> He wasn't playing around. I just, I, Joey's not going to finish. Joey is, is second, is the first loser kind of guy. And that's fine. That's who he is. That's who he's always been. At this point, not, not that there's necessarily a lot that William Byron could have done. He obviously could have ran you know, a different line coming to the white flag. The line I he ran was feel like he could have run a different line coming the, to the, the white flag. The line he ran was certainly questionable, but I don't know that it would have mattered. I think at the end of the day, William Byron still, he probably doesn't finish 13th. Probably finishes top five still even. I don't think William Byron's winning that race. It really depends, because I think... I think this plays back in, like, these people need to know who they're racing against. I think Byron takes that line going into three and four, coming to two to go, or coming to the white flag, so on two to go. I think he takes that line going into that turn, thinking, like, I'm going to block Joey, and Joey no, is going to lift. No, <laughs> exactly. That's my point, though. I, but I don't know that there's anything Byron could do. I think Joey was coming so fast, even if he, he was, Joey was already there, effectively. Oh, yeah. Even if Byron runs the high line, Joey doesn't do that going into three and four that time, but he, he well, slide jobs them. And... Yeah, I, I, I think actually, I think there's a good chance that Byron ends up finishing worse than 13th, just Joey Logano does too. Because that looks like a move to me where I don't know if they're door to door and he just runs them into the fence. I think hey, it could I be one where he gets like halfway I in think, front of them and they come I up think and Joey prep. saw. Byron go low, and especially with the way he talked about how he deserved one, I think Joey saw Byron go low, and that's when he decided to just send it. I don't think it was anything after that moment. But that's the other thing, too. And this is kind of one, how I think rubbing me the wrong way is the wrong way. It just kind of leaves me puzzled. Like, Joey Logano, you know, like, if I was in Joey's situation, I'd probably do something similar. I want to win. But I just kept hearing Joey in a lot of his interviews after the race saying, oh, he deserved it for running Every the Every driver, I, though, thinks that everything that happens to them in the car is way worse than it actually is. That, I'm sure, that did not look bad at all. I'm Byron sure Joey thought, felt like Byron door slammed him into the wall. He definitely did with how he talked about it. <laughs> I mean, Truex spent all week talking about how, how bad he was basically at Chastain for literally racing. Like, was it a late block? Sure. Did he need to throw it last week? No, but it doesn't matter. They're, you're racing. And Joey's the same way. Like, but they're all, every, every driver gets out of the car and has a very different image of what happened usually than what the reality is. And, I mean, Joey will stick to the story. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Joey was probably not thrilled with the move, but Joey is lying to us if he acts like he doesn't make that move. Anyway, I think Joey just feels like it gives him a little bit more justification. But at the end of the day, I expect him to fully make that move anyway. But I don't it's know. Joey Logano. It is. It's Joey Logano, and it's going to continue. Be the clo I feel like the closest thing we have, other than Kenseth, obviously, uh, the closest thing we have to someone actually doing anything with Chase, and that wasn't on purpose. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Chase just didn't feel bad about it afterwards. <laughs> that's the only difference there, but... <laughs> I don't know that there's anything William Byron could have done to win the race because I think Joey probably takes a more regular line through there and slide jobs him at some point, punts him at some point, doesn't matter, not a lot you could do there. 
And Byron's car, that was the problem. Byron's car clearly had, was gone. Like, Joey ran him down very quickly. Yeah, it was, he, he used his stuff up. And then I, I think, you know, Joey probably, That's, I think he probably saved a little bit. I definitely feel I, like he I, drove away from Reddick. Yeah. Yeah, because he drove away from Reddick too. I, I don't think it's just that Byron's car fell off, but I think Joey was just being more conservative. The only issue I have with the move really is that it was with coming to two to go. You didn't, and you had, it's not like you had, if you had just coming to two to go, but you had been there for 10 laps trying to pass him, that's even different. Like, I, is it overly aggressive? Absolutely. It's overly aggressive no matter what, but at the end of the day, it's, that's Joey Logano. But you, you it really was like the first opportunity Joey really had to do anything, and his, what he did was punt him. And I don't love the move. I don't hate it. I, I mean, I know personally if I was driving, and I think every driver, any driver that tells you different is either a Mark Martin or a liar. I'd <laughs> rather do that, pull that move and, fit and win the race than just ride around and finish second. Mm-hmm. So the only, like I said, the only issue I have is that it was coming to two to go. Joey had never made an honest attempt to pass him. And I don't, like I said, I don't even hate Joey anymore. I don't even root against him. I just root for someone to kick his rear. Like you haven't seen it other than with no, like, like him, and, him and Denny, like kind of get into it, but nothing ever actually happens. Like, and as long as he keeps getting away doing nothing and it keeps getting away doing the stuff and nothing happens to him, how am I going to hate him for it? It works. He wins races because of it. Hasn't really lost many races because of it. Lost at least one. Thank you. Uh, but hasn't really lost that many. I don't really remember any other than that Martinsville race. I, I was thinking that he lost. Yeah. You mean Bristol? No, I mean, he lost Martinsville because he wrecked Kansas. Oh, right, right, right. I, I was thinking, I mean, Chase at Bristol in 2020 raced him like how Joey would race other people. Sure, Joey but I lost also think, race. <laughs> I think Chase was pretty mad at that point because of how many opportunities he had that he was going to be in such an easy position to win that race, and it just didn't shake out. And I'm like, I know he had just won, but he had also lost two, like, the previous yeah. two races, effectively. So, I, I think anyone other than a teammate, I think, Chase make a very similar to same move, to be honest. Uh, but I mean, he lost the Martinsville race because of who he is, because Kenseth right. paid him back in it. But other than that, and I guess maybe the Bristol one, like I don't remember this ever causing any him anything. Uh, I guess Daytona and Talladega, but I feel like at that point it's because people see Joey and they feel like they're safer if they just wreck him now than lift and try to let him continue racing. So. Uh. That's that's possible, but just you know, hey, gonna keep doing it, and I don't have I, I don't have a problem with it, to be honest. I'm never. I mean, I'm sure when I mean, and I like Byron. I, I really wanted that car to win, and at the end of the day, I knew what Joey was gonna do. It was more aggressive than I expected. I think, like I said, in particular, because it wasn't the last lap. Like there's a chance. Like if I'm Byron, there, I send the car around immediately. Like, it, it probably doesn't make, help him finish any better, but it makes sure Joey might not be the one that wins the race. I mean, worst case scenario, you're going to finish 22nd, it looks like. 
Maybe 2030. Well, you spin out and they throw the caution, then the white flag's already waved. You also might not finish much worse than 13th anyway. You're going to be able to get up to speed and blend in at some point higher than that, probably. Higher than 20, uh, 22nd. So, or 21st. He, he did try to get down there and hook Joey. He didn't. He spin did, it but out I mean, at, the, at that point, yeah. right? He missed, and at that point, I'm sending it around. How are they going to say anything? Like. Oh, what are they gonna do? Hold you a lap at that point? Do you even care? Like, uh, that's that's fair. I I will say somebody that might have wished that happened is Justin Haley. Third place finish for Justin Haley in well, in the calling car. I don't know if Justin Haley wished that would have happened. Oh no, he would have had a shot to win. That's why. Could have also <laughs> had a shot to finish worse than third. Uh, yeah, I'll take a shot. I don't. To win. I don't know what the tire situation looks like there, but I. Uh... Would not be shocked if everyone came down pit road, even for a green white checker. So even if he had scuffs, yeah, you know, at that point you're you're well into a run. There might have been a certain point in the race where you had you know lesser worn tires that you could have thrown. Oh, out for there, sure, so. for sure. They they definitely should have had uh, some tires that had fewer fewer laps on them. But but yeah, Joey. I mean, if I'm Joey. William Byron, I spin out, I stand up there, and I proudly proclaim I did everything I could to make sure he didn't win the race. <laughs> Find me, I don't care. Like, uh, unfortunately, William Byron is just too nice of a person to do that, which is why I don't think he's going to do anything I, in retaliation. I would be shocked if, like, like I feel like for most of these guys, uh, racing like Ryan Newman is how they retaliate. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't wreck anyone. They just try. They just do what Newman always did, which was race everybody hard. Because all these people always talk about having all these beefs. No one ever gets wrecked. No one. There's no fights anymore. And I mean, we've had more fights in the last three years in the Xfinity series than we have in the Cup series. Right. Just off the top of my head, like in terms of people getting back at you know other guys, like there's only three that I immediately remember, and that's uh, Kenseth getting Logano back, and Jeff getting Clint back, and then Junior getting Kyle back. Which that took us ten years to I find. Mean, it was intentional. Chase, so. <laughs> Chase basically got Hamlin back that, at Phoenix. That is true. No, that was light though. Like Denny, he ran a bunch of laps before the tire went down. I guess Kevin Harvick kind of got chased back, but then he didn't because no, Denny Hamlin absolutely him. got chased back. He punted him into the wall. You, you mean, mean into the wall? Kevin Harvick. Him and, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Kevin Harvick definitely got chased back. He punted him, damaged the car. The problem was he didn't do a good enough job <laughs> of doing it. There's no argument when you, like you dump someone, you got them back. Like, D- Denny got Brad back way back long ago in the Xfinity series. Brad still finished, like, 18th or something. Brad didn't wreck it. But you get him oh, back. Dude. Like, you don't get to determine whether or not you got someone back just by whether or not you did a good enough job of wrecking him. Uh, like, so, I guess I could have used, you know, uh, described it a better way. Well, right. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. like, they definitely got it him back. Like, it, Harvey it, definitely. It didn't work, it didn't work Harvey, out the way he Harvey wanted. Harvey definitely got chased back, and then he got himself back later that race. So. Oh, classic in-car shot that'll never go away. Harvick did end up finishing today's race in fourth. Harvick uh, set the record for, and I talked about this a lot in the broadcast, but. Set the record for most consecutive top 10 at Darlington with 13. And that's cool. And, like, I get it. But, honestly, the more surprising thing to me is that in the 16 starts prior to that, Harvick only had five top 10s at Darlington. That's, that's pretty insane. So it's not like he had 13, but in the, no, he had, like, 12 in the previous 16 starts. And things just happen sometimes. Like, 
He has 13, which dates back to his last race here with RCR. So his entirety of his time at Stuart Haas, he has finished in the top 10 here. But in the 16 prior races, only five top 10s. That is a pretty remarkable turnaround. I think I think part of that could also be RCR where they were at that time. But sure, but still, like yeah. I mean, there were times in there where Harvick, where Har- RCR was better and good enough for Harvick to finish at the top ten more than five times in sixteen races. I think I think there's one race. Where I don't know if he was in the top ten when it happened, but he definitely got a shot at the top ten taken away from him in the Southern Five Hundred in 2011. So <laughs> uh, that's. That's true. That's, but that's, that's, all just, my that's just one race, though. That like, is just not, not that I would have expected Harvick to finish in the top 10 and all 16 of his starts before that, but just only five. And I get RCR wasn't great, but I feel like they were definitely good enough to finish in the top 10 more than five times. And that's fair. That time span. Uh, running down the rest of the top five, couple of boring ones in the grand scheme of things. Chase Elliott, which I guess he did have a little bit of an exciting day since he did have to come through the field in a backup car. Half a throwback left and on and on the backup. This, this didn't get talked a lot about because it happened under caution. Not that they have to come through the backup car. Comes through, works his way up to 18th, and then they pit under caution, and he has to come in again because they had a loose wheel, restarts 34th. So He also spun out under green, and it took Fox Yeah, like I still laps. have to go see. Like I, I need to go find, like, if anyone it, else has it. It was just on Harvick's onboard. That, That's the only camera was, that caught it. It was so weird. <laughs> so Chase, Chase ends up coming home fifth. Boring name, I guess, in terms of just somebody normal being up there, but his, his day was anything but christopher bell comes home six so then we start also, getting into some of these guys well, real, too. real quick oh, for justin on bell? Oh, well, yeah. no, no, bell, i mean bell's been on fire like yeah sixth place isn't gonna knock it's not a world beater but like for a guy that was 30th in points two months ago mm-hmm. obviously he it wasn't like he was there because that was just how much speed he had like they just were always finding issues he's now another top 10 more solidly in the playoff picture just Pretty, pretty good. So they need more top fives. That's the thing they've been missing. But that now is five top tens, five finishes of seventh or better in the last seven races. That's pretty uh, with good. With the two exceptions being Martinsville, which he actually was running in the top ten for a lot of it. I think they had a penalty of some sort, but JGR as a whole was not great. And Dega, which is Dega. So, uh, but no, just real quick on on Justin Haley. They were another team that had a pretty Slow start to the season, I feel. Uh, they've climbed to 20th in points now, and that is now their fourth consecutive top 15. That's good. <laughs> Certainly was not running there most, if not the whole day, but they close out, get the finish. It's only a second career uh, top five. So I believe also his first top 10. Yeah, his first top 10 at a non-plate, non-road course. Yeah, so good good run for Justin Haley. Uh, some other guys, though, that we don't normally see up here. Michael McDowell in seventh. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. following following up the runner-up place finish he had at Dover on Monday with Nate's place finish. Austin Dillon, pretty solid Darlington driver, comes home ninth. And Daniel Suarez, tenth. So I mean, a lot of guys there in that back half of the top 10 that, you know, needed good days, and they, they delivered. I mean, Austin Dillon, I mean, that's been consistent with him. He uh, has always finished there this year, but has, has ran <laughs> top 10 a lot. Uh, already now, three top fives, six top 10s on the year, uh, compared to just one top five, eight top 10s 
last year. At this pace, he would finish the season with six top fives, or sorry, uh, nine top fives, which even six would have been his beat his record. His record is four. He already has three. And would have 18 top tens, which would best his mark from 2016, where he had 13. Mm-hmm. So, really good year so far with him. But the other three guys, McDowell, Stenhouse, and Suarez, for all three of them, this is their first top ten at Darlington. For McDowell, he now has four on the year. One less than he had five of last year, but it's still his second highest mark. Uh, and our only 11 races in, although by this point last year he actually had five, and then the rest of that season just went very, very poorly for McDowell. So hopefully they can do a little, little bit better this year. For Stenhouse, first consecutive top tens since fall of 2018 with Dover and Dega. And uh, neither of these were plate tracks. These were just straight up, ran good. was actually, I think, restarted six, six or fourth, I think six. One of the restarts late in the race and lost a couple of positions from there. But, I mean, for a team that just felt like they were just tumbling in a spiral back-to-back top tens that were just straight-up good runs, not a strategy call. A lot of cars wrecked today, but that you know at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. No strategy call, just another week where they were running up near the front. And Suarez with this top ten equals his top ten mark from last year, has already surpassed the top five mark. So it, I, I feel like it, it must not feel great to be Suarez sometimes when Ross Chastain is out there setting the world on fire. But I think Suarez has been... Like I said, I think this car just really benefits Ross. I, I think, honestly, that makes more sense than... Because the alternative, right, is really that Trackhouse... If Suarez is already doing better than last year... That would have meant that last year in their first year, Trackhouse could have been a world beater. And I, I feel like it's more likely Ross is just... This car benefits his driving style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, it, it, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing over there. Because, like, Daniel Suarez, you're saying, you know, he's, he's having a good year. But just what Ross has done is just so much better. And obviously, the car is different from last year, too. It's not like they're running yeah. the same ones, which definitely plays a role. Like, I, think, I do think Ross is a better driver anyway. But I just think this this car just perfectly. It was almost like it was made for Ross Chastain. A uh, couple other guys that had solid days. Uh, Ty Dillon, twelfth, another solid top fifteen. Continues what he is, is turning into a great fantasy pick. <laughs> what has easily been his best season of his career. Even if he doesn't get another top ten, this the only season right now. Average finish wise. 2019 was very similar uh, to where he is, but he also managed to finish 2019 with zero DNFs. As I, I did not remember this until I looked at it right now, but as he stands right now, he has two DNFs, still has almost exactly the same average finish. Uh, 2017 also is a very similar average finish. But he just, he's there. He keeps it clean. He shows up. He keeps it clean is very different than how this season started with him. Uh, where he was a wrecking ball at the Coliseum. But hey, like I said, then it made attention. And I mean, I was wrong. I said, this is the only attention he'll get all year. So I would, I don't blame him for it. But instead, he's gone, been very solid. Uh, and just continues to bring it home clean. And, you know, I would not be surprised if he gets a, a top five here this season at some point. Uh, only has two on his career 
already has, like I said, already has a top 10 this year, too. So uh, we have Harrison Burton and Todd Gilliland both got their career best finish today. Harrison Burton finished 14th. Todd Gilliland finished 15th. So another solid day for them. Lots of names in the top 15 that you are not used to seeing. And then going to give a shout out to Cody Ware, finished 19th, which is only his third career top 20, and his best finish at a non-plate track. Almost finished on the lead lap, too. I thought he did finish on the lead lap. I thought he got lapped there at the end. No, you're right. He did finish on the lead lap. I could have sworn they were lapping him at the yeah, end. It's, it's too oh, much work to look it, at that at uh, on Racing Reference, but if you told me this was his first lead lap finish on a track that is not a plate track and not a road course, I would believe it. Yeah, it looks like you know, it was JJ. It was the other Rick Ware racing car. Yeah, I mean, and they had two cars in the top 25, so top 23, yeah. actually. Yeah, Yaley was going another lap down. He only finished five laps down. Like, I know they only got a top 25 because of everyone that wrecked there at the end of the race, but those cars definitely aren't as slow as they, they have been. They would have been five laps down 100 laps into this race easily mm. before this year. So, yeah, they still obviously have a ways to go to be, like, truly competitive. But they have more speed than they used to by far. It also looks like, and it's possible at some point, he took the wave round. But uh, Cody Ward never even took the free pass today. And I don't, I don't yeah. think he took the wave around, not with the way the tires mattered. So he just was running up on the lead lap, but looks like quite possibly all day. Probably the, the best run of his career, given the track. Given the track, I think absolutely. Mm-hmm. So... Good day for Cody Ware. Not so good of a day for the uh, twenty three eleven guys with uh, Kurt just having it's, a bunch of issues and it's funny because you're right, but it was also like probably one of their best days. Yeah, uh, but, um, we mentioned it, but Bubba was up running in the top ten, basically the, almost the entire race yeah, before I, his issue. I Kurt saw had rebounded night, whole race. Kurt had rebounded, finished in the top ten, and then they just get taken out in the wreck that took out four Toyotas. <laughs> there's, there's only six of them. One of them was already in the garage and it took out the remaining four. So, uh, yeah, not a good obviously, day Obviously, Danny was still able to finish, albeit a lap down, but it just was uh, certainly rough finish for them. And I, that team is definitely, in my opinion, the most underperforming team of the year. But it's not always finish. It's not always how they race. Just in terms of as a whole, as whole organization, not just the twenty three team or the forty five team, but twenty three eleven. They just they had they started off at least Kurt did. I mean, and obviously Bubba started off with the second in the five hundred. But Kurt could get finishes, and now it's just. I mean, what we talked about possibly being the issue is exactly what's become the issue for Kurt. They had a lot of finishes, but they had no stage points. So if things go wrong, it hurts. And he has slid all the way down. He's not even in the top 20, it looks like, anymore. Yeah, he, he has slid all the way down to 21st in points. Mm -hmm. He is, yeah. So looking through the points real quick. Austin Dillon, now your cut line. But Reddick only one behind him. And Eric Jones only four behind that's Austin Dillon, or five behind Austin Dillon, so four more behind Reddick. Uh, three guys battling out for a spot. Obviously, I, I think we'd all agree that overall, Reddick and Jones have probably had more speed than Austin Dillon, but not significantly more speed. 
uh, Austin Dillon, they've all had issues, is I think the big theme with the three of them, right? <laughs> like, Jones, another solid day today, would be sitting pretty nicely and instead finished 25th in point or 25th today, taking home only 20 points, uh, despite having uh, finishes of eighth in stage one and looks like actually 10, nine, uh, six in stage two. And that's about where they were running when they got caught up in the accident. That was the weird thing with this accident, too, is I feel like a lot of times these are a lot more midfield, but Truex was like, that they were making a pass for like fourth. Like. Yeah, he just, and that, that's why it was so big, because it happened so far up in the front of the field. Um, right behind them, though, Suarez, 18 back of Austin Dillon. Uh, Klon is way back in there. Chris Buescher, 36 back. Justin Haley now only 44 back, has had a few solid weeks. Uh, Kurt Busch, 54 back when he was up at fifth in points a month and a half ago, two months ago. And Michael McDowell uh, still within a race of 56 points back. Everyone else more than a race out. On the flip side, and this is where it gets interesting, uh, Almirola plus 25 over uh, Reddick, Harvick plus 27, Christopher Bell plus 41. We mentioned Christopher Bell. He just continues to run good, run out these points late, and he's continued to gap Harvick and Almirola. Obviously, one bad race can change everything, but this is quickly becoming a almost at the bare minimum between Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, Eric Jones, Daniel Suarez, uh, Kevin Harvick, and Eric Almirola. All those guys fighting for what is right now just three spots. So I think, and you you said this when we were doing our picks like uh, a while ago. Now at this point, who falls in, who falls out of the playoffs? I'm I'm beginning to go over to your side on Kevin Harvick because I know he got a good finish today, but I no I think they have, yeah yeah there there, there you they go. Didn't start, they didn't start in the back of the pack. Mm-hmm. Uh, they clearly had the car good at the finish, but you run into the same issue where one I first of all with Harvick, and I mean this applies to Eric Almirola too. Just memory-wise, I don't feel like they have had as many issues as Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, and Eric Jones have had. Eric Amarola has kind of just been Eric Amarola, where he's, he's just there. Eric and might... He has geez, no DNFs, 10 yeah. lap finishes. You look up there at the standings at the end of the race, and you say, oh, there's Eric Amarola in ninth place. Like That's really what happens to him. Harvick, they've actually been similar, which isn't really that good for no, Kevin it's, Harvick. It's not. Well, what's really bad for this organization as a whole it's not mentioned because he has a win, but Chase Briscoe actually tied with Austin Dillon in points. He's safely in because of the win, but Kevin Harvick, despite how lackluster the season has been, definitely worse than last year. And last year was, I mean, I, I, <laughs> that's funny because there are a lot of people that are like, oh, last year wasn't even that bad. Last year, they're like, it's not even that bad. Like, you guys are just overplaying it when it was outside of, of win or outside of top, tw- top tens was statistically his worst season at Stuart Haas, period. There wasn't even anything close. Before last year's lowest top fives at Stuart Haas was 14. Last year he had 10. His fewest laps led to Stuart Haas was 850. Last year he led 217. And this year he led 13. Average finish wasn't the worst because 2017, they won races, they also wrecked a lot. Like, it was... There were other years where it was bad, and obviously still last year not as bad as some of the years at RCR. But right now, on this pace, he would take last year's marks and make them even lower. On pace, currently, for six top, ten, six top fives and only 18 top tens. 
And laps are harder to take out that way just because of how it works out. Usually all you need is one good race. You'll wind up leading like 100 laps sometimes. But on the pace that he is, he'd only lead 39 laps on the season. Yeah, it's like... I was getting the feeling like at the end of last year, maybe not at the very end of last year, because they did pick up speed there at the very end. But I came out of the season like, are we, is he going to be able to bounce back? I, I thought he could. I thought he was going yeah, to. Almost won Bristol, this. right? Obviously, I, things happen. Almost won Bristol, was running decent in a lot of them, had top five speed for really like the first time all season in a lot of races. And I, I expe- fully expected them to go out and do. Good. He finished last season uh, in the playoffs, got top 10s in, looks like, eight of the uh, 10 races. Only races he didn't get top 10s were when he wrecked himself at the Roval and Martinsville, where he finished 12th, which Martinsville, bad track for him, so that's not shocking. Like, yeah, like- you look at that, it's like, it's not the, le- it was, it's only, looks like f- four top fives in that span, not the level of performance you expect from Kevin Harvick. But nothing like to be worried about. And then I, this is the big thing to me. He was so much better than his teammates. He was by like obviously Eric Admiral got a win, and it was just it was straight up a win. Nothing. I mean, they had the it was called early for darkness, but he was just already leading. Christopher Bell may have gotten there, but we won't know. But it wasn't like he used some kind of weird strategy to get up there. He just had a good car. Uh. And he was just, Harvick was by far the best car last year. This year, he's not. It's not even close. It's, it's, I mean, it is close in terms of points. Oh, yeah, but, I, you know, it's one of those things where you, you kind of got to look at the eye test. Like, Chase Briscoe is back I, 13th in points because Chase Briscoe's made some, a couple of dumb moves and had some dumb stuff happen to him. He's shown race winning speed. He obviously won a race. Oh, for sure. For sure. Right. He's definitely, I, I think it's closer than you think it is. Um, but I, I don't think he is the best driver. And the reality is, like I said before, he was by far the best driver. And now he is at the bare minimum equal, probably right around there to honestly, both Eric Almarola and, uh, I feel like Briscoe runs faster than Harvick, but Harvick's more consistent and Harvick runs faster than Almarola, but Almarola is probably more consistent in terms of the finishes they get, is, is what I feel like it winds up shaking out, and which is why they're also all on top of each other in the points. But I think that's the biggest thing that we're truly... It feels like we are at the end for Harvick. Whereas last year, it was easy to be like, well, look how bad the team's doing, right? Like, and he, it was very impressive to most of us that he was still with... You look at his teammates, how bad they're performing, and he's still running well. Not winning, not leading the laps, but running well. Whereas this year, like outside of Cole Custer, he is just barely ahead of his teammates and he's running worse than he did last year. I, I'm getting like kind of Jimmy Johnson, you know, at the end feelings from Harvick right now. Like it's just it, it's not picking back up. He's sliding backwards in terms of just, you know, the quality of how he's driven well, over the last couple of years. Like I'll agree once he starts having cars that could potentially win races and wreck himself trying to do so. Well, that's fair. <laughs> that's the, like Hallmark Jimmy Johnson, at least the last year. I'd say the last year and a half, he was even doing like, it. They had, they had that. There is, there is zero reason he should have missed the playoffs in 2020 at the bare minimum. And mo- like, obviously, there were things, the penalty at uh, Lowe's. The penalty at the 600, the yeah, missing the, the 600, because of COVID. Missing because yeah. of COVID. 
wrecking yourself at the Dar- at Darlington for a stage win. Like all any of those things happen. Oh, he Texas, makes it. wrecking yourself at Kentucky. Yeah. I, let's keep going. <laughs> like like he just wrecked himself so much. So once Harvard starts doing that, I'll agree. But in, overall, no, I get it. Like it's it, they just have lost a lot of speed. And whereas he was always, if it was just Chase Briscoe running with him, I probably wouldn't feel the same. But I don't think Eric Almirola in his I, what is it like tenth season in the series. In his farewell season, in, has, in his farewell season, <laughs> season, has suddenly become as good as Kevin Harvick. I don't believe that. I think it's more Harvick's taking a step back. Because like if it was just Chase Briscoe, you could just chalk up last year to Chase Briscoe being a rookie, and now he's just better, and that's expected, and that's fine. But because Eric Almirola is also there, is where I I draw it in. But no, I'm sure as you were saying, like I don't feel comfortable with Harvick or Almirola's spot at all. I, think, I really think they're going to have to win. And, and I, mean, maybe, I, I think that might be true just also because uh, Dylan Reddick, Jones, Suarez, they could all win. Like it, yeah, no, they could. Any any of them could. With how they've run, like Daniel Suarez, obviously Ross has been Ross, but Daniel Suarez has showed decent speed. He, he arguably had the best car at the beginning of Coda before he had issues, and he was up front at Talladega for most of the day before he got in a wreck. So there's been times where he's run good. Eric Jones had a great car at Auto Club. He's had some other great races sprinkled in there throughout the season as well in terms of I speed. Know it's Dega, but... Almost, no, he almost, he almost, yeah, no, he was, you know, led right there at the end and just got passed in the trial. Like he could have a win, maybe Suarez. He might not have a win, but you know, things shake out differently. You know, he he's up there further in points. Austin Dillon, he's had a couple of runner-up place finishes. Tyler Reddick should have a win. So that's to me the biggest difference between the playoffs here and even in the truck series, but for sure the Xfinity series. Is these guys are on the outside though. Not only could they win, and it feels like reliably they could win, they are faster than the guys that are ahead of them still. Right. And the truck series, you could argue like Crafton is faster, but he's not a had lot. the kind of speed yeah. that he used to have for a while. Outside of that, I don't think Ingram is is necessarily faster than anyone ahead of him. I don't think that Kraus is. I don't think that De Benedetto is. Could any of those? Not DeBenedetto. I don't think DeBenedetto. I'd be surprised if DeBenedetto pointed his way in. Or if Krause. But, like, if Ingram ran well enough, caught past uh, Tanner Gray, made the playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked. But it's close. And in the Xfinity series, I mean, I think... I obviously think Creed has had more speed than any of the R Motorsports cars. But I don't think he's had more speed than necessarily anyone else that's currently in the top 12. Uh, and obviously he's so far back, I don't think he's going to be able to point his way in anyway. But you look at the Cubs series, I think Dylan's been Faster than the basis, but just Harvick, 
they've been for. I don't want to say they get lucky, but they've been fortunate to not crash effectively. Like Eric Almarola has zero finishes of. Thirtieth either like in the second at Richmond was strategy, which again I mean I thought Hamlin won, so it's no knock. Everyone had to play the strategy somehow, but I just I, we both they're, picked, they're in trouble. We both picked Almirola and Harvick to miss, and I uh, would not well, be surprised I, if no, I, we I both individually. Oh yeah, we're both yeah, individually. Yeah. You picked you picked Almirola, yeah, I, picked I picked Harvick, yeah. and I think there's a good chance we're both right. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's trending that way. I think I think it's a situation where I feel like they're going to run one of them down, at least one of them down. I don't get the feeling they're both, barring they win, are going to find a way to both make it into the playoffs. I just don't see it. You know, I think Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, Eric Jones, Daniel Suarez, hell, maybe, maybe even Chris Buescher or Justin Haley. They need to find guys, a little bit something. They, they need to find a little bit more, but like they they could. It's it's like sixty points I back mean, though, Haley, right now. Haley's, but it could. Haley's in the uh, Chevy, and they have a lot of speed as a as a whole manufacturer. And I mean, Busher's hung in there, so mm-hmm. they could. They could. I would. I, I feel more I confident. Someone it, like I feel could. some. I feel more confident. Kurt, who's behind them in points, could do it than they could. But that's that's fair. Kurt Kurt probably with the better better teams if they could you know, put together whole races. Um, so, and, you know, he's, he's Kurt Busch, so. It's, it's he hasn't had a top 15 awesome. since uh, Martinsville. Yeah, which, but again, just like, they've, he would have had one today probably if he didn't oh, get Oh, for sure. Just, for had sure. Bad luck. Oh, not, absolutely. No, absolutely. Not good for them. But that's a, that's a situation in the points. I, I think, can't wait till next week. And the week after, just to see how it's, it shakes out, because it's, it's be getting exciting. interesting. It'll be it'll be exciting. We have, and all of them. The I mean, the Xfinity series I feel like is almost over, outside of someone winning, which I feel like has been kind of consistent with the Xfinity series. To be honest, yeah, I, I think it would serve the series better to have ten, but I also think that it would serve the truck better to have eight. But it mm. is what it is. Yeah. Um, but closing out, looking over our bets. Uh, not a great weekend. Uh, Not the worst, right? Uh, you had Kyle, who was really strong. Kyle Bush, that is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it could have been either one. It would have ended been, the same. <laughs> yep. Same way. Garage. I had Chase. Started off in the back. Worked his way up. Finished fifth. So I will now go back to never picking Chase again. It didn't curse him. I mean, it cursed him in the Xfinity series. It didn't curse him in the Xfinity series, <laughs> yes. It didn't curse him in the Cup series. Finished fifth, but... I'm, you know, picked him once last week. He won. Picked him again. Didn't win. Now I'll just go back to not picking him. Uh, so we give it a couple weeks, and I feel like, well, maybe if he doesn't finish very well the next couple weeks, then maybe I'll like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll take top fives and I'll continue to pick him. Yeah. So uh, for our betting race guys, both guys that were near the front, you had Austin Dillon 
who uh, finished ninth. Uh, I had Eric Jones, who ran like top six, top seven most of the race. Didn't you, your guy got the finish? Mine didn't. So that <clears> is what it is. Far head to head. Uh, we both had tricks over Hamlin, which honestly may have straight up been the wrong pick anyway. But no, like it, it was close. It but then he, then before things started going sideways on him, looked like he had a car that could have won that race. Uh, and Trix, I mean, Trix did too, to be honest. Maybe not as strong as Hamlin, but he was. I feel like a lot of the time he was behind him. It might have been close, but he like very, Denny, very Denny was probably the better car. But yeah. at the end of the day, Trix uh, wrecked DNF'd him, where Hamlin got to keep going, finished lap down, but still finished. So we both lost that one. Uh, we both had Stenhouse over Busher, and this is when I'm glad I'm wrong. I like Ricky. I hope Ricky does well. Uh, just historically, like I said, I don't even know if he'd ever had a top 15 here. Uh, it had not been a good track for him. Busher had been formed better. And uh, today, that was not the case. Busher rebounded, got a, I don't know, 16th or something like that. But uh, Stenhouse, better car, better finish. Both got that wrong. Uh, we both had Byron over Blaney. We got that one right still, and it was pretty clearly right, but it was close at the end. Yes. yes. Uh, Byron only crossing a couple positions. So we're tied here at one and two, and the difference... And this is where your pick doomed you. Mm-hmm. Ross Chastain and Kyle Busch. You had to pick Kyle. You know the rules. And I picked Ross. And neither of them fit it. But yeah, Ross, Ross <laughs> clearly, Ross, I think, had the better car there. Ross had the better car. Yeah. But, I mean, Kyle was the top. There were a lot, it's so hard because, like, so many guys wrecked. But there were a lot of cars at one point or another today had the best car or top five speed. And I think only two of them finished in the top five in yeah. Logano and Reddick. And Reddick was borderline. Like, Chase, I don't think he had a top five car. Obviously, I don't think uh, Justin Haley or Kevin Harvick did either. But at the end of the day, I mean, it does matter how you run. That's what stages exist for. But more points are up for grabs at the end. So, so. And the playoff points, too. And oh, the playoff points. Playoff yeah, points. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. You get five, so. It works both ways. You yeah, also yeah. get the playoff point for winning the stage. So. Mm, right. But overall, I mean, I still have gone at least 50% now, I think, dating back to Richmond. So, Coda, I got them all wrong. Richmond, I only got one right. Atlanta, I only got one right. And but since then, at least fifty percent each week. So, look to continue it at Kansas. Oh, hopefully, hopefully you can keep going there. I know other bets you know, that we don't talk about on the podcast. As for me, weekend pretty much a wash. It had a good time in the truck series. Hit some parlays, not the fast five, but some other ones that we had sprinkled in there. Xfinity series was okay as well. Cup series that sort of went a little bit south. Just too too many wrecks. Too many things happen. Really affected the fantasy side on you know DraftKings and and on the sports book, but that's that's what happens sometimes. So yeah, the worst it was, slash it was a wash. The worst slash the best part is you send the picture that's your team. I think in fifth, oh, you literally say God, just <laughs> just posted to show you when everything or it dies. Out. And I think yeah. it was literally like a minute. It was Ross Chastain into the wall. I I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe it. I was I was sitting there. With a beer, and I was looking like an idiot at my phone and at the TV, like this cannot be happening again. I don't know how many chance. times that has happened. Chance to win a thousand dollars, 
Just wanted to show you guys where I'm at before it dies. See, I knew it was coming. Like, that's and why that I shared it. I'm like, it's going to happen, uh, so I might as well just do it. Uh, it was, uh, what's funny, because I had a very, very similar team to that. Uh, so I did uh, share in your emotions there, but you send that at uh, 2, 2.55, and by 2.58, are you effing kidding me, is... Uh, <laughs> Which I also at the same time asked uh, if it was dead because I because I knew mine was. Uh, one day, was too, so. one day, one day we'll we'll hit and then we'll keep hitting and then we could just make this a uh, a full time gig and not have to worry about any other jobs. That will that will be great. Hopefully that'll happen next week at Kansas. <laughs> I was I was sitting pretty good in the cup race and then uh, I mean still. I broke even on on the cup race. Won a little bit on the truck race and the Xfinity race. I'm getting better at it. I was very bad to begin with. I lost so much money in the beginning of the year. Even even won a a little bit in the F1 race today. Yeah, hey, that's it's getting better. Practice makes perfect. So and you just have to lose money. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's like racing. You you wanna you wanna I've small never... gambling start with a big one. <laughs> I've never had, well, if I had, it's been a long time since I had DraftKings pay me out in cents. But I guess one of them, so many people tied, that's what they, uh... It happens. <laughs> they did, so. Well, like I said, hopefully next week we'll, uh, be able to start going in the right direction, start making some more money. It's close! It's close, so... I know we're gonna get there really soon. Uh, off to Kansas next week. We'll have the preview probably middle of the week trucks and cup, no Xfinity series. So we'll get you ready for two national series. We races. will also oh, oh. be doing another recap of what we think the rest of the playoffs will shake out as we're now a third of the way through the actual cup season. That's about and- a quarter of the way through the, the playoffs. So, all right. One, one more thing to, that's actually good because there's not going to be as much racing to talk about with only two races, so that works out yeah, it's, perfectly. It's then. so weird that the Xfinity cars aren't racing. I just eh, whatever. All the other ones you can make sense of dirt Bristol, and when they don't go to Sonoma, and I think they instead go to to Portland. I don't remember what the other one is now off the top of my head, but it's well, just so it, it is what it it's is. So yeah. random. One day, you know, one day NASCAR will figure out their schedule. <laughs> Why Kansas is the race you skip? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's, it is what it is, but we'll be back, like I said, middle of the week. We'll get you ready for those races and give you some more uh, predictions for the rest of the year and how th- we think things are going to shake out. So until next time, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Brandon Monroe here. Thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Remember to keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember to follow us at Bernie Breakdown on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all of our other social media platforms.